Yeah, so experiencing more goodwill, coming out of the academy of sin and recrimination, graduating finally <laughs> after a few years, I expect. And that helps deal with difficult, some difficult mental states, you know, the more skillful approach. That's good to hear. Using a, uh, a meditation on just sustained goodwill, and it, you know, it kind of could be fairly gentle but sustained goodwill, then, you know, the objects are not the breath or they're the, they're the mood. So, you know, you don't, you're not really kind of trying to focus on any particular object, just hold, hold the field of goodwill and let things roll and see what, what happens, you know, whenever there's a sort of, yeah, you idiot, uh-huh, you know, <laughs> uh, what's that one? And then just, uh, be well, or, you know, so that one can then, you know, where you're operating, like people talk about choiceless awareness, it's rather like that, but using metta as the, as the foundation for it, hmm? as the basis for it, so you notice any flickering of, of despond or, fed up, disappointed. Because actually the, the absence of goodwill acts as a catalyst for problems, problems that needn't be there, the mind starts generating them because it has not getting its food. So it gets fault finding or picky or, you know, because it, it's, it's lacking food. Um, so if, the, if it is fed with that, then sometimes you know, various problems that one might have thought chronic don't don't occur, which is you know excellent. And it becomes more 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 natural basis, I would say, over time. You know, it starts off meta can be something first one one deliberately catalyzes, you know, get it to going. But uh, in a way, it's like the jitter has been contracted into ill will, we deliberately generate metta and it comes into more natural state of, well, why shouldn't I have good will? You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's this, who want, why should I have ill will? Yeah, the default is, you know, I'm, I'm fine with myself, why, why shouldn't I be? Uh, you know, there's problems, but yeah, well, you know. Uh, so it takes the intensity out of it, whereas if the mind is ill will, things are intensified, negative things are intensified. Mm. So you recognize that concentration, concentrating on breathing really wasn't conducive, so you decided, well, you'd, you know, let, let go of that and shift your, your using a number of um, meditation themes and finding your, you mentioned you know, seeing a, ba- a barrier or a wall approaching, sense of limitation or restriction, and, you know, well, see if there's some skillful way to dissolve that or get over it or uh, get through that. Uh, yeah, is there anything? What, what would you see the, the obstacle? Does it feel like a sense of tension or... Uh, frustration or um, tightening and contraction. So it's the, the obstacle seems to be a sense of tightening and contracting. And 
yeah and it, it, it's uh something it's, it's almost when we become so acclimatized to meditation being just that concentrating that it, it almost becomes habitual you can't whatever you do if you go into that that mode uh and i've done the same thing myself for years uh took quite a while to 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 um get out of it you know to to uh, be attentive without this this concentrating stuff Um, spaciousness walking movement awareness of a forest widening the field and feeling you know actually this is it's not that I'm failing I'm actually finding skillful means to to do what's necessary Uh, and again you know metta kindness meditations recollections they're always bring up useful themes to deepen into be quite pleased that the retreat offers you the flexibility to walk and move around rather than be bolted to the floor squirming in pain <laughs> yeah yeah it's a bit unkind yeah just to recognize that the, this sort of uh, you know these retreat forms are you know they, they, that's that's often the package because it's if you've got 60 people something like that, or 80 people that's if some sense of ordering it you know you kind of just people straggling around hither and thither opening doors but you know clearly that that is a social construction to do with organizing a body of people into some sort of smooth system managerially it's a lot easier but uh, it's you know you you've highlighted the problem people just feel sometimes trapped and uh, and some you know we can do it maybe some people can do it but whether it really is as beneficial or for themselves you know certainly we need to have some restraint but also just a little more permission to um, find one's rhythm and and pace balance is is, uh, gives you confidence and as for outgoing extroverted activities, it's in, uh, I'd be, you know, what, where's the dumber in that? Um, it, I guess what's what you're working with. You say in, you feel introverted, um, and it'd be interesting to know what what gave you the idea of inclining to be a bit more extroverted. Did you feel the introversion wasn't wholesome or? Yeah, yeah. I guess it is finding the balance, but the uh, uh, I would comment that perhaps the uh, sense of being, you know, what you call extroverted, helps to relieve a certain social pressure. I think that's perhaps what it's about. It's a pressure release. People feel there's a sort of general, you know, low intensity amiability uh, that means the pressure's off, um, and guess many people uh, perhaps westerners can feel pretty much encased in themselves the indi- you know the, the cult of the individual is the western thing and everybody's on their own and you know man's a man and we you know, that, that sort of stuff whereby it can be a little bit armored you know or defensive and the quality you know how does the jitter feel itself being a little more suffusive and, and expansive rather than tightly bounded so maybe that 
that uh, mode of action just helps to let things open and soften a little bit mm. as a its benefit I think people who are extroverted or haven't got that problem with introversion probably think oh it's people who shut up you know <laughs> if you live in Thailand you think why don't they quiet down <laughs> Because, it, it, yeah. but uh, it's it's what medicine you need, yeah, and uh, yeah, see what happens, and know the measure, the limit. Because yeah. it's that, that the ability to allow emotional energy to flow around keeps it from getting too intense and stuck. Yeah. So you found, in general, the practice just reflecting on. Have you done a series of retreats? You've been reflecting on conditions and life, and noticing benefit of the Brahmavihara, Metta, Mudita, and so on. And but still, there's this sense of an energy sweeping up from your abdominal region up to the uh, roughly around your nose, around your head, even though you're not concentrating there. It just sort of happens by itself. Huh? And can you? I mean, do you try to? direct your when that happens can you can you say okay there and what's happening in my shoulder or my wrist or is it has it any visual it just feels like a tension feels like a furball well it's interesting you know actually having a visual image of it uh, and then well what 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 is it what is it doing what does it need what do you think it's trying to do <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can't get an idea, but maybe that's a sort of sympathetic approach to it. And just uh, you know, developing some sort of aspect of goodwill or equanimity towards it. But you don't notice any particularly strong emotional swing happening with that. That's the story of meditation. Stuff happens and you just know what it's about. <laughs> kind of peculiar phenomena and I, I don't know but generally you say well just put it park it and keep going you know as best you can and see if over time it it says something or it reminds you of something or it opens up or it might shift by itself or you might notice something that that's triggering it that isn't apparent now just keep some space around it and uh, you know watch this space <laughs> thank you right so some sense of softening and you know making use of the word absorption to soften and um, there's a basis for then using wise, re- wise reflection to turn things over look into things and it seems to be fairly steadily moving along and uh, you know sounds like the words blameless and at ease <laughs> are a, uh, a poignant flavour to them <laughs> since you're about to leave retreat where it will be bl- blameful and <laughs> disease <laughs> uh, so perhaps a little bit of planning as tends to happen on the last day or two 
you know, what, what next? And this also is okay, you know. Um, it's okay. It's good to, you know, spend some time reviewing um, because there is a, you know, a th- you know, we can come out of retreat. So recognizing where the, the crunch points are or the panic buttons are or the pressures are even reviewing them and preparing and seeing where you can think, you can consider some skillful means to just turn some of that down or adjust it or, you know, have some preparation before stuff happens because it's really useful to come out and retreat and feel one can somehow integrate and carry the benefits of the retreat with you. And that's where it pays off in long terms. You know, re resetting oneself. So it's, you know, recap something like one little point just using the visual field and noticing the visual field one can extend or widen attention till there isn't a sense of objects, it's just an unbroken visual field, distance disappears and there's something quite helpful in that undifferentiated quality. Uh, and yeah, and there's the recognition of perhaps some of that flavour of that going into walking was just walking without a particular point object or sitting, just aware, you know, the whole body is, one is aware of the whole body, there is a body, you know, without differentiation. Um, then the topic comes up, what about when we enter the world of differentiation? Suddenly that lovely misty undifferentiated field becomes lumps and targets and rocks and <laughs> stuff that's got some <laughs> hit in it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the, yeah, the aggregates suddenly tighten up, you know, and become quite distinct. Well, yeah, how true. Uh, and there's a, you know, with the, the Kanda, then the, this Sankara has been the crucial one, and these three qualities, intention, attention, and contact designation, you know. Um, and Sankara actually bind all the aggregates together. You know, they, they bind, if they, it's the energy that binds everything, they, they fashion the rest of it. So form, for example, form is, is fashioned by attention, as you see with the visual field. So Sankara gets in there and says, oh, this, you know, so it's actually form is formed by, you know, by attention, by sankara, acting into with consciousness. Um, phenomena arise, so we get particular. These are called, you know, images and memories arise because sankara again formulates perception. Uh, remember this, recognize this. Chooses a particular perception that's got some, you know, heat in it or movement in it, yeah. So Sankara formulates the others. Um, and that's that's sort of the way the whole thing jog, jogs along actually. <laughs> and it's you can't imagine living in an undif you know, walking along an undifferentiated field because you'd you get hit by a truck. So yeah, that to a certain extent that quality of forming objects is pretty handy. Um, and that's fine. But using that to begin to weed out the elements we don't need which is the tanha 
<laughs> the greed, hatred, delusion. So they can be just a fairly neutral, oh, that's a wall, that's a tree, that's a person, not, wow, oh, yeah, oh, look at that, you know. <laughs> that sort of stuff happening. So that's the one we want to, the rest of it's just functional. You know, so you have the candors are just functioning, you know, the target has aggregates, you know, it's, you know it's <coughs> but the, the quality of uh, the tanha is, is weeded out in that, <laughs> out of the pile because there's, there's many different qualities in even these five aggregates. They've got many sub, you know, subcategories. There's intentionality. There's intentionality with a greed flavor or a, um, or a meta flavor or a delusion flavor. So you just, whoa, what's that one, you know? And if we can just formulate things with a sense of, well, that's that, I need to do that, go there, or be, you know, or, or, or skillful, intentionality then, then the one you look out for is the one where it's you can hear things start you know you know the difference and the ones which uh, the I am starts popping up in not just as a, a, a neutral statement but a real feeling of you know wow I'm going to get this or I'm being got by this this is bothering me or this you know so that one you also acknowledging with how that one arises in the in the mix mm. that's all that's that's work that takes that takes wisdom it takes quite a lot of discernment yeah because you know again it's not as if it all suddenly pops out overnight but you begin to recognize perhaps a little less delusion or diminishing the quality of of uh, uh, passion or aversion yeah. No, that's that's the way that's the path mm. you talked about being grateful to be on a retreat and uh, the feeling of it reminding you of a more cosmopolitan less culturally conditioned atmosphere to practice in and it's nice to be here with people of different nationalities it's only found retreats can be just decoration, you know, just wrapping up the rubbish in something pretty. <laughs> uh, and this chance, you had a chance to actually open up the can of, of, of muck, which is to do in your case with um, uh, various experiences of abuse from a, um, a parent over a long time. So and then just cold, you know, contemplating the feeling and staying with that and being experienced like a dark energy rising through your body streaming out of your fingers and somehow as that happens um, you seem to hear things a bit clearer you feel a bit clearer is that right? sounds good to me because um, it's, it's uh, yeah, that's, that's like emptying out emptying out the like you have, you know, a catar in your throat or your mouth and your nose, and you just get it out. It's the sense of the absence itself. Obviously, there's a lot of energy there. When there's the possibility and the the uh, allowance and the, and the encouragement and a little bit of skillful attention, something definitely wants to get out, you know, and, and clean. So that's that's good because it will um, it will continue to do that uh, 
you know, as long as you don't suppress, it will continue to do that. As long as you don't do the stuffing it down, wrapping it up, it will continue to release. It may not be so dramatic, but it will continue to release because you, you know, your your chitter's on your chitter's on target now. It knows it knows what's what's important and what's not important. It knows the um, you know what's skillful and what's not skillful. It knows not to suppress. It knows not to explain. It knows not to justify. It knows not to you know not to do these social things on it. You know social behaviours. So you're coming out of the constraints of a socialised behaviour into something that's much more organic and embodied. So it's wild, it's crazy, it's it's uh, weird, and that's good. Because <laughs> it's, you know, it's like you, you, um, you know, it's like so social conditioning is like the the saddle and the bridle on a horse. You know, saddle the saddle on a horse or the bridle on the horse. But if it's too tight it just kills the horse. <laughs> and so when that starts to come off the horse is probably a little bit you know, a bit crazy because it's been crushed by these social constraints. Yeah, and maybe even self-imposed social constraints, guilt and stuff like that. So when it comes off, it's a bit wild and and uh, frisky. <laughs> uh, but the you know the aim of it is just the experience, you know, the presence of that dark quality. The move as long as it's moving, that's good. So it's good that it's moving. It's not just stuck. Uh, it's moving, and there's a sense of vomiting or cleaning out so there's a feeling of it's going in the right direction it's going out rather than tightening up that's good and perhaps an increased sense of a little bit enjoying some of the absence of it the absence of pressure the sense of a little bit clearer you know. um, so you stay stay with that because when the jitter's on on target and it knows it's doing good good things it will stay there You'll keep doing it, uh, provided your personality doesn't mess it up. Because your personality is the socialised aspect. So you've got to let yourself be a little bit weird. Yeah. Do you understand? Your personality. Personality, oh, I shouldn't feel this. Um, uh, get it, to, you know, be a bit more coherent. Um, something's going wrong, um, this isn't the way a, a, per a woman should be, or this kind of stuff, you know, I should feel a certain way, where you, you try to squeeze it into social norms. Because it's it's so, you know, if you're 47 or whatever, then you've had so many decades of social conditioning that as soon as you go back into society, it goes back, automatically it starts to, you know, you pick it up. So it's... Uh, it's almost like a reflex. We do we do adapt and adopt to the company we're with because we're that's we we're, we're creatures of the flock. You know we tend to adapt that in your own country. You know then you're going to find yourself adopting whether you like it or not the 
cultural conditioning that perhaps hasn't been so helpful for you. Uh, so a bit of sanctuary space. Certainly times, at least some time of the day, if you can do stretches of it, like a weekends, or the more you can get those times just to put all that you know, stuff away. Kaya Viveka, they call it. Stepping out of the social realm is considered uh, uh, an important basis for practice. Kaya Viveka. Because we do just pick up the social the flow of the crowd, you know. Whether we, even if we don't like it, we still do it. <laughs> and it's it's not, in your, in your case, it's not helpful. And you trust that. So you're experiencing quite a lot of some relaxing and some softening. Uh, <laughs> uh, but because you've got a sense of a driven quality that's been a, a feature of your experience of driving on to the next, the next, even in meditation and how that seems to something so beautiful as Dharma gets a bit tainted by this driven quality and then have an interesting experience uh, sitting in a nicely relaxed open mood and somebody walking past you repeatedly and feeling this sense of defensive tigress quality arising in the chitta yeah? <laughs> yeah my territory isn't it interesting what comes out of the woodwork when you just uh, loosen up these very primitive instincts mm. it's um, feeling perhaps open in a safe space and then intrusion mm. I'm pretty certain you walk around in crowds most of the time without that happening because you've got your your casing on casing comes off there's all this very tender stuff and you know we feel anything within two meters of me is part of my my atmosphere you know? so yeah, let's contemplate that uh, and uh, I wonder if it'd been the same for if uh, a dog or a cow moved through that space as a human being, we generally get most strong reactions around humans. So, certainly, cultivating equanimity is a good theme. Cultivating equanimity yeah. it means allowing disturbance to occur, and just note you can't really these reactions. You can't exactly stop them and that's suppressing things but arising there it, there it, is. There it is until it, it sort of expresses itself and it begins to to soften into just like an, uh, a potential protectiveness it doesn't have to be firing on red you know. mm. when I was living at Amrawadi which was pretty chaotic um, it's a, it was established as a centre for lots of people to come to you know, that was the whole point of it and uh, 
you always get this feeling of people are bothering me because I was just getting, you know, doing walking or sitting and then something would be happening, people were bothering me. Uh, just getting quiet and then somebody bothered me or somebody would wander in and slam the door and it bothered me. Or some guest would turn up and say, excuse me, is this the waiter? And it bothered me. You know? And so I thought, what I'll do is I'll put my have a walking path right in the middle of the central courtyard so anybody who comes here is going to bother me. <laughs> and, and just start to practice with that. So walking and then somebody comes, excuse me, is this a this stop? Yeah, it's, it's right over there. <laughs> is this, a, no, that's not my job. If you ask in the office, it's office over there. You see the label, office, big letters, not me. <laughs> <laughs> you know this sort of thing. You just go, and just every time, you just patience. And so it was, yeah. It was, it was a kind of tough practice in a way, but it's it's just that allowing the disturbance, perhaps the rankling and the prickling, and then okay, breathing out. You know, uh, to realize there's a kind of, you know, the only only territory you can really own <laughs> is a territory of mindfulness and equanimity. The rest of it is just on loan for a while, but that getting that message down to the nerve endings takes a while. If you've been very driven, then the likelihood is you've got a lot of this forward energy and you haven't got much kind of um, lateral uh, openness. You're sort of you're going that way, so the widening and softening is helpful. What can one resolve? You know, what can be, what can make a determination about? Um, um, and what's probably can be he- resolved is things to refrain from, such as uh, notice. You know, refrain from getting frustrated with myself when I experience that. Just to drop it. Refrain from, um, you know, these harmful, harmful cheatiness. So often we tend to imagine resolution is about doing something. I imagine in your daily life you're going to be doing plenty and you can couple what you do with with a sense of I will do this without getting impatient. You know? So you, you can resolve a, 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 a volition to, to carry your function with. You know? You know, you're going to be busy doing stuff, you can't not be busy. So I'll be busy with a mind that's saying, I've accepted being busy, uh, a lot to do, I'll try to resolve patience and equanimity. You know, it's a parami, you know, ten parami. That can be helpful. Um, just, you know, realise, of course, that conditions change and the tempo changes. So. Mm, what sort of structures help to keep on a feeling of you're on track with Dhamma, so you're not losing the plot, as it were. Um, time boundaries. I stop doing this at this time. If you've got a little kid, that those tend to get a little bit fluid. Um, but, um, achievement boundaries. I don't. I'm not going to try to achieve all that I should achieve in worldly terms or even in dumber terms. And to abide 
with a mind of goodwill towards myself. Those are good resolutions. Whatever else, I don't give up on that. Whatever else goes on, I don't I don't give up on that. that without that, you've just got no true reference point. It's just all duty and should be and shouldn't be and got to do. There's no res- no real foundation in health. <laughs> you know, health of the heart, metta. Openings to do formal practice, committed practice, see what opportunities there are for that. Absolutely. Recollections, you seem to have got a sense of using recollections. Those are, again, you can do that in five or ten minutes. Recollections to help stay that your perspectives and horizons stay in accordance with Dhamma.